For this episode of the World Triathlon Podcast, we hear from Ireland's Carolyn Hayes. Carolyn is a doctor, two-time World Triathlon Cup medalist and soon-to-be first-time Olympian, with her qualification for Tokyo 2020 set to be announced after some excellent recent results. So, Carolyn, welcome. You've had your kitting out today, so presumably it doesn't get much more official than that. Can we say uh, congratulations, is it? <laughs> yeah, 100%, uh, sign, seal, delivered. Um, so yeah, I'm off to the Tokyo Olympic Games. It's a bit surreal, to be honest. Um, and then going to the kit collection today for Team Ireland and having all the official photography and things, It's uh, it just seems a million miles away from uh, the dark winter days of getting up early training and hoping for the best. So yeah, Tokyo 2020, here I come. There it is. Pretty big day then, the, the kit day. Um, it's one of those things that you always sort of see a little bit on the news or through social media and so on. And it does look like quite a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's it's really well organized as well. You know, you think you go there and you're going to have all the time in the world. But actually, there's a, a tight schedule and um, you just do a couple of interviews, which again is very far removed from the normal everyday training grind. So uh, look, what seldom is wonderful and um, I'm just gonna enjoy today. So it's great to be able to do the podcast as well today and get everything um, get everything ticked off um, before I put the head down again tomorrow leading into the games. Well, it will be great to, to hear about your, what I can only presume is a pretty hefty emotional roller coaster that you have been through over the past few months. I know, Rio 2016 had been at one point a target, right? But that never kind of quite came to fruition. So just wondered how, yeah, talk us through, talk us through the, that point and, and at what, what stage you kind of set that laser focus onto Tokyo. Yeah, um, well, I guess um, I wasn't really in any position to be going for, for Rio, if I'm totally honest. Um, I was doing... God, 2016, my final medical exams probably are third year medical exams. So, you know, I always just wanted to be a doctor. Becoming an Olympian was, you know, a, a distant dream and, and definitely for the superhuman athletes out there. Um, so I guess for me, I first um, got into triathlon after the London 2012 Olympics, you know, watching the, the great accolades of the Brownlee brothers um, so they kind of, you know, really brought triathlon to the forefront um, for Ireland and the UK. And then um, I took up triathlon myself when I was in my second year of medical school. Um, I thought it'd be a good way to escape the pressures of study. And yeah, in hindsight, that probably wasn't my smartest move. Because <laughs> I should have just done something like running. But um, yeah, no, I, I was always a firm believer in balancing like sport and academics. So um, yeah, Tokyo, when did Tokyo become a, a reality or I suppose a, a, a dream that I thought was achievable? Um, probably after, um, after I moved to Wicklow really from home. So I up sticks from my home place in County Limerick um, to come to Wicklow to be with my training group, Hop Hop. Um, and my coach is Aina McGrath and Gavin Noble. So Gavin Noble would have gone to the London Olympics for a triathlon. So he has been incredible at, you know, um, getting me into race mode and, you know, planning what races I should go to. And, you know, he knows what it takes to get to the top. So having his experience um, and he's actually a great coach, but I don't, I don't tell him that. Um, I like to just give him abuse. And then 
my head coach would be Aidan McGrath. So he was based in Wicklow and it was obviously very hard at the start because, you know, you'd be working Monday to Friday in the hospital and then coming up to Wicklow at the weekend and doing your typical weekend warrior stuff. And, you know, that's fine if you want to compete nationally, but when you want to step up to ITU and go internationally, you kind of, you have to, you know, make a bigger commitment. So <laughs> I'll never forget um, saying to my parents here, I'm thinking of stepping away from um, from medicine. Um, you know, I'm a senior house officer now and I'm really enjoying it, but I'm thinking of doing triathlon. And it's the type of question you ask your parents and it's like, you know, saying, I think I should get a tattoo on my forehead. You want them to say, no, nah, don't do that. It's not a good idea. But they were like, yeah, go for it. I totally, totally on board. So um, like even even the first time I met my coach, Ian McGrath, I was in um, just testing lab in um, Dublin. And he says to me, you know, I know nothing about you. Uh, I don't know what you want to achieve, but we'll, we'll test. And it was just, you know, basic like ramp test on the bike or a run test, I can't remember. And I didn't know if I wanted to do long distance triathlon. And um, I was going to do the Dublin 70.3 Ironman event. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up falling off my bike and concussing myself. So I missed that event. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, changed tact. And um, we started to say, well, there's a couple of ITU races there in November. Why don't you just give it a go? And I did and I, I really enjoyed it and then after that things just kind of took off and how um so yeah shout out to the the hop hop crew then yes um so i joined my the hop hop um, training group which is headed up as i said by Aidan mcgrath and gavin noble and like what a what a team to be joining i mean it's it's all levels so you have people who are competing in age group people who are just runners people who are just cyclists swimmers um long distance ironman short distance so like when you know that first morning you rock up on deck like the age profile we had like 11 year old kids right up to like people in their you know 50s and 60s and i loved that that's the magic isn't it yeah everyone's there everyone has a different goal everyone has a different strength and you're just all in like for the same session, um, obviously tailored, you know, based on your times, but um, there was great camaraderie. And I think particularly at the start, um, when you're kind of getting involved in into the training, you really depend on the group um, to motivate you and push you. So obviously COVID then was really hard. But um, so when I started training, um, I obviously had an awful lot to work on. Um, I swam a little bit as a kid one of these mad like early morning sessions like our family were very very chilled like I have three big brothers and I have a twin sister so sport was always massive in our family um and I always just wanted to be good enough to be able to play my brothers and not embarrass them and then my dad would have taught us all how to swim but again it was just fun and when we were swimming like you'd qualify for the Irish Nationals or Division One which would be like the main events here but they were always on in the summer and like there was no way my parents were staying around for the summer we'd head off to Spain and go camping and um like at the time you used to think god that's awful I do all this hard training and then I miss the main events but it was actually brilliant because kind of put sport in perspective you know like that there is more <laughs> it's yeah. important to enjoy it but like there's other things so yeah 
So they weren't, it was encouraged. It wasn't drilled. It wasn't like. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But then I guess when I joined um, Hop Hop, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a high achieving group. And um, I guess I just wanted to find my way in that group and, and, and get the most from the people around me. So um, I kind of sat down and decided, you know, we'd race, you know, World Triathlon and, and try and target um, a couple of events, see how it went. Um, and there was nothing, you know, knockout or anything like that, but it was just to see if I enjoyed it. And I did. I really enjoyed the, the World Triathlon racing, you know, the intensity of it. Um, and then I left my job completely, um, moved to Wicklow and knew that the only way to get better was to dedicate myself to training and to trust my coaches. And I've no regrets at all in doing that. And obviously this year in particular, I'm starting to see like massive improvements and the benefits of putting in all those areas of training. Yeah, it was, sorry, was it Adrian that was at London 2012? Which uh, one Gavin, Gavin Noble. And then Ina McGrath is like my head coach. Right, okay. So has, has Gavin, is he putting together a little dossier of Olympic tips for you? Or, because, you know, it's uh, a whirlwind. It's going to be obviously like no other race you've ever done, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think um, where Gavin shines is that, you know, he, he, he'll he always insulate, you know, you need to work hard and like, you know, I had a shocker of a race in Yokohama and I always have one shocker and, you know, his line, whether you do good or bad is, look, forget about it, no one cares, no one cares. Um, but in terms of like even the kick collection today, because Gavin is the uh, deputy chef de mission for Tokyo 2020, which is really cool. Mm. So I would have tried on some of the kit beforehand, um, but obviously you're giving it back. So today I got to try it on and take off the labels. So, you know, he's kind of saying that, you know, just enjoy today and enjoy all the, the stuff that goes with it because, you know, you don't want to, be fretting about missing training or anything like that um because you won't get this opportunity again you know like you're only going to collect your kit once uh you're probably well, you're going to ever, you know. ever do <laughs> well yeah you never know paris 22 is coming up and um, no you can't think of anything so he's just enjoy the moment um and be proud that's kind of what he says yeah what sort of size squad is ireland sending to tokyo was it it was totally cross sport obviously not everybody there at the same time i guess yeah, but yeah. Um, I think we're sending the largest ever Irish Olympic team, which oh, right. is massive. So just at the weekend, um, I was actually watching the game on Sunday, the Irish Rugby Sevens team qualified. Brilliant. So they had a, a Rippage um, sort of last chance saloon tournament to qualify, whereas it was a winner take all. So they beat France in the final. And yeah, so we have a Sevens team going. We have a hockey team going. We have the two triathletes going, myself and Russell White. Yeah. Um, we're always very strong in the boxers. So I think we're looking at over maybe 65 athletes going. Like, that's massive. Yeah. We're so does that mean Ireland... Overweight. Yeah, Ireland qualified and France didn't for the rugby sevens. Does that mean or...? Absolutely. So it's Ooh. bittersweet. <laughs> and yeah. it was in Monaco, so I don't think it went down amazingly well. Yikes. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's 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 great for them. But like, I mean, 
you know, I suppose they're just going to enjoy that moment now and, and they'd be the first to say that once they get to the Olympics, you know, everyone is, is, is top level and the same in our sport, like anyone who's in the Olympics, there's no messing around, you deserve to be there and that's probably what excites me most, you know, I've been performing well um, in the last five weeks since qualification reopened, but I know there's more to give, so I'm super excited and just to see what I can do when I go to Tokyo. And great that Russell, like you said, Russell's going as well. Uh, so did you see him today? Was he there at the same time? Oh, I or, did, yeah. yeah. I, he, he pretends not to know me on these days, you know. He, he's too cool. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, he actually was in swimming with me this morning um, at the National Aquatic Centre at the Sport Ireland campus, which uh, was a pleasant surprise. And then we both ended up in collective kit together. So we, we both, um, we've both been experiencing... Um, the team team day together and i suppose it's kind of nice it's nice to have company even yeah. if he is from the north <laughs> uh yeah so wicklow is i mean it's obviously it's a beautiful place as well right it's uh there's national parks it must be oh, but kind of a bit wild as well is it is it the sort of place that hardens uh, an endurance athlete I think um, anyone that trains in Ireland <laughs> has to be very hardy. Like it's been lashing rain this morning and it's what the 23rd of June, you know, we should be having beautiful weather. Um, yeah, Wicklow, Wicklow is known as the, the Garden of Ireland. Um, so the Irish for Wicklow would be Kilbontan yeah. and that comes from the mountains. So you have the sea on the east coast and then I have mountains for biking on the left. Like I have I, I definitely want to live here when I'm a bit older and I can buy a house. Uh, it's just magnificent. And the, the only problem is the sea is the Irish Sea. So it's Baltic. So not great prep for Tokyo. And um, the climate obviously wouldn't be great for heat prep. But I mean, I think the facilities in Ireland and the training structure that Hup Hup and my coach Jaina have created for me here in Wicklow and Dublin, like, I never feel the need to go away uh, on training camps or to link up with groups because like everything I need is here. Why would I leave? And your family's from just to the west of Ireland, right? So yeah, southwest. There's, yeah, there's a serious, you know, yeah. It's obviously it's it's deeply in the blood. It's not just uh, yeah. You're not just wearing the the shirt. It's it's in you, right? I obviously saw your interview after Lisbon. Yeah, people loved the bit of Irish. Well, I actually did all my education through Irish. So um, our, our, our Gwilga, as you know, so I did my primary education and my secondary education. And um, I'll never forget, like, first day of college, I was sitting in physics and this lad was putting up a triangle and he writes hypotenuse and I was there, what the hell? So I put the hand up and he's like, yes, Miss Hayes, you have a question. It's like, I do, sir. I was like, what's a hypotenuse? And the entire lecture hall just took off and they were like, how did this idiot get to college? Because to me, it's a table gone and I do everything in Irish. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah, people really liked the Kupla Fuckle, which was lovely. And like, I'm incredibly proud to be Irish and to say that I do all my training here and my coaches are Irish, you know, as you said, like, it, I'd say I've green blood. <laughs> running through me yeah so getting all the kit as well you know all these things 
form part of that, right? It, you're, you feel like you're definitely flying the flag. Yeah, 100%. And then especially today, I mean, I saw one of the former Olympic boxers, Kenny Egan, that was there. Um, so that was, you know, another Olympian to meet. And then we had um, a few other people coming in after us collecting gear. And, you know, you could, I didn't get to talk to them, but you can just feel the excitement and, you know, you're kind of thinking that's really cool because they're going through the, the highs that I am. And I knew that it was like their first Olympics that they're going to. And like, I know it's going to be a really different Olympics to London and Rio because of restrictions. But I think that, um, you know, every athlete is just so happy that they're going ahead. And um, mm. yeah, that they're definitely going to be happening. So who was more excited slash proud? You, your mum, your coach? Um, my coach is a hard man to read, uh, which is great. <laughs> but wait, yeah, no, um, he's able to read me like a book, though, which is really annoying. Um, to be honest, um, my mum was obviously incredibly proud. My family, incredibly proud. Uh, and my twin sister just like I knew family cared and wanted, you know, they like they go on the, the journey with you like they really do. And, um, you know, Gavin had had always reminded me at the start that, you know, you know, initially you're training for yourself and you're racing for yourself. But there comes a point where actually you're not just doing it for you anymore. You're doing it for everyone who supported you and helped you and. I think that kind of motivates me for the hard days, but um, yeah, like I'm incredibly proud um, to have done it. Probably not the easiest way. And then at the same time, I'm getting all these congratulations for qualifying for the Olympic Games. And I'm kind of like, I really feel you should be saying congratulations to my coach, Aina, because, you know, my job is super easy. I just, I just go when the hooter like goes off and that's it. He is the hard work of, you know, getting me ready, go to races um you know keeping me mentally sane like he's my coach psychologist he's the only person i've seen in lockdown like we've seen each other every single day and even my twin sister she had a baby in november and i only met the child like this month for the first time so yeah it's yeah. it's mad <laughs> like when you think about the things that you put aside to achieve this dream and does he travel with you? Was he in Lisbon with you? Was he in Yokohama, Leeds? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Aina coming to the races is like, it's, it's a game changer because it means that I don't need to worry about anything. Like, I raced a couple of races where he wasn't there and you're kind of second guessing yourself and wondering what would my coach be advising me to do or, you know, is this the right thing to be doing? Or even if you have like, you know yourself, like, pre-race you have a couple of swim sessions when you're when you're away for two or three weeks and like if you have a set written down you're going to be trying to do the set but you could be a bit fatigued or tired whereas when your coach is there on side like he just changes the set as he sees it and um, that's invaluable like I never know what I'm doing tomorrow because it'll depend how I look in the warm-up and to me I, I think you can't get a higher level of coaching than that you know someone who is willing to write the program then and there for you so yeah when he's away it just it, he takes on all the pressures and I just tell him just get me to the start line just get me to the start line and then I'm fine <laughs> and this process obviously started you know in in 2019 2018 possibly even yeah, I mean 2018. yeah um 
and the, the the races you were doing you raced a lot of in africa didn't you there was a lot of the african cups yeah. and so on so that was presumably all meticulously planned out as well to you know as, gather the points to then build up obviously nobody at that point knew what was what was coming yeah exactly <laughs> so um the guys gavin and Ada would have sat down and 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 figured right i've no word ranking so and because in 2018, you know, I was still working in St. James's Hospital, which is one of the busiest hospitals in Ireland, still doing like full night shifts, weekend shifts, all that jazz. Um, so I need to get my world ranking up. And we knew that probably an Olympic slot wouldn't be possible because you only had two races from the first period. So if I could get my um, world triathlon ranking high enough, then, you know, you can go for the new flag. So that was the goal. But then, obviously, um, I had a six in Europeans, and then I had my silver medal in Astana, just behind Ayurveda. Um, very talented athlete, really good athlete, and a lovely athlete as well. Um, so that kind of bumped up my world ranking. And then when I raced in Mauritius just before, that was the final race, the same weekend as Mululaba, and I think Sarasota was cancelled, but, you know, that was the first time I sat on a plane and turned to my coach and said, oh my God, I actually think we've, we've done it. Like, I've done the maths. Like, I think we're going to the Olympics. And then COVID hit and no one knew what was going on. And I was saying, I shouldn't have said anything. Like, <laughs> oh, no. hey, like, duck Greta, why did you do that? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so when the qualification period um, reopened and World Triathlon said, okay, five races, I was initially a bit like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go, but like I worked so hard throughout COVID and I know everyone else had, had been working hard and it was really hard, like, you know, following other athletes in social media because they're able to train in groups and swim and like Ireland had one of the strictest lockdowns um, and like we're, we're still only lifting restrictions. We went into lockdown in December and it's still like you can't travel anywhere and I wasn't right. able to travel home to see my parents. I mean, I got to see them only yesterday, actually, uh, and they had a big, like, Olympic cake for me. They're so cute. <laughs> and that's actually another time when it hit home. Oh, my God, this means a lot to them. Mom's yeah, made like, a cake. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, Mom didn't even trust herself to make a cake. Mom delegated someone else to make a cake so that it wouldn't be poisonous. She knew she'd do something wrong. And then but, you're like, Mom, I'm in training. I can't <laughs> yeah. be having like a... Yeah, yeah. I know, I'm fortunate. I, I actually, keeping the weight on is the big thing with me. And um, so I'm, I'm very lucky. I know some athletes struggle, but um, yeah. So then when the qualification period reopened and then I had to race again, I was, I was really apprehensive, but um, so Yokohama was my disaster. Great. Get it out of the way early. It's fine. Um, and like, I was just so upset because my coach couldn't figure out what had gone wrong. I, well, he knew what had gone wrong and he was waiting to tell me. And I was kind of going, wow, all this training. So um, yeah, I got my got my act together for for Lisbon, and um, Lisbon would be like it was a true reflection on on the work we've done. And yeah, it was exciting. Um, I was just devastated not to take the win. <sighs> what was the what was the moment <laughs> then after Yokohama? Like we'll get to Lisbon, but what was the? Um, I had a good, um, I had a good chat with my coach and I, I don't know. And he's like, I know exactly what happened. And he listed two things. And, um, like, obviously I was very upset and I was, uh, you know, like, what was the point? What the hell, you know, I'm after shooting myself in the foot. And he's like, no, you just, you did this wrong and you did that wrong. So I allowed myself to be 
a bit despondent and upset. And then as soon as we got to Europe, I was like, right, game face on, head down, new week, brush it off. And like I had, I had been having PB swim sets, PB run sets, PB bike sets, like everything was going so well. So I knew in Lisbon, like the swim again wasn't, wasn't amazing i think i went too far left but anyway loads of people did the same thing hmm. and we we copied the men oversighted the boy and then swung in typical but um yeah lisbon i suppose was just a massive boost of confidence and yeah it just it reminded me that yeah you're you're good enough to be racing at this level and then to back it up in leads um and everyone was so lovely in Leeds, actually. Like, before I'm used to going to races and no one knows who the Irish person in the corner is, you know. Oh, they're just, that's that pale white person who wears the green, you know, tri-suit. <laughs> and, uh, like, you had Katie and Lon and um, a few others just coming up saying, well done. I'm like, wow, I didn't even think you'd have watched the race. That's awesome, thanks. You know, because <laughs> I was looking at these girls on TV, you know, when I'm studying in medical school. So, yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah. No, the the atmosphere in Leeds was was pretty magical yeah. once again, but obviously in a, in a very different setting. So, yeah, um, yeah, front to back, there was so many little stories to be told as well. So, that I, I and I, it felt like they were all in tune with everything that was going on as well. So it was yeah, no, there was a great, and I have to say that um, British Triathlon, uh, well, they're not my federation. They did a stellar job. They were so good. Um, everything was meticulous and even with COVID and all the restrictions and the testing, like, like I think every athlete had nothing but, you know, positive um, positive reports from the race. So, yeah. Even about the hill at the end? Yeah, I never <laughs> knew about that. It was quite funny on the run course. So there was obviously large um, gaps between the groups. And um, I was on the run for the first half and they were like, keep going. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm running because we didn't have a run course recce and i didn't know about that hill at the end so um yeah that was that was a nice shot it would be nice to have that hill actually in the middle of the run course that would have been uh, a game changer yeah <laughs> yeah all right so you're obviously um keeping tight-lipped about the the slight tactical faux pas or whatever in yokohama that didn't <laughs> happen yeah yeah swim but, disaster right um but and like you know you said disappointed not to have taken the win in lisbon but if yeah nicholas yeah, Beer isn't yeah, yeah. a bad person to finish yeah, yeah. second to and i guess i'd imagine she's the sort of woman that must have been a pretty big source of inspiration for you as well massive i mean huge respect for that woman and i mean before the race in lisbon like I was just hoping for, you know, top 15. That's what I needed to get. So to be in the position I was in was great. And um, yeah, it would have been nice to take it. But I think coming second to a four-time, soon-to-be five-time Olympian um, is not a not a bad day at the office. Yeah. And even when, even when we caught up with each other, I mean, you know, you knew the mind games were starting a little bit. Like she hadn't drunk from any water station throughout the whole thing. And then she grabs a bottle of water and then she was slowing it down, speeding it up. So I was like, well, to hell with this. And then I was like, I'll push in front. And then of course she responded. So like, 
to be able to play captain mouse and nicholas Fury, that was great um well and learning right i mean there's few there's yeah, not many massive. that have been at the point the end as much as she has <clears throat> and you know when she had the the sprint finish with norden yeah. at the games and she was saying on the podcast how she was using the big screen down the finish shoot to see where they were you know she wasn't going to even look to the right or left which ah, it was she was looking smart. at the big screen and it's loads of little things that you only learn by being there um so i yeah those takeaways the bottle thing that's all that's all great stuff yeah. and, uh, there's there's a great irish cyclist actually sean kelly and um he's credited with um in the middle of a stage race so it's one of these ridiculous you know seven hour stages and everyone is out of water and sean kelly's going along and he's taking the water bottle and everyone's gasping for a drink and he's there you know swigging out of his bottle and he went down to win the stage and they're like how'd you do it and he didn't have any water in his bottle <laughs> either it was all just if they think i'm hydrated and you know i'm getting this in and they're all dehydrated it was just the mind games but i wouldn't i wouldn't have the same experience but um i'm definitely i'm a fast learner and i'm definitely picking it up quick so and that's why yeah. I suppose I'm getting to say that I'm going to the, to the games. Yeah, well, and I guess it must be hard or something you have to learn to have the clarity of thought at that stage of a race as well, to be able to think like that and not just be like, get me to the line, get me to the line. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think until you're in the position, you don't know how you're going to react. And I suppose that's where I'm fortunate having like the medical um, background as well. You know, a lot of stuff happens in the wards or in theatre and you know, your first instinct is we didn't cover this in med school, but you know, you go back to basics and, and you just try and play to, you know, what am I good at and, and, and use that, but it's hard to read someone. So yeah. Um, hopefully in the Olympics, um, there might be a few more mind games to be played. Down the final throws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as far as Lisbon again goes, uh, obviously, you came off the bike there and just attacked straight away. So to know that you were after, you know, that a ride like that and so on, um, that the legs were obviously feeling good enough to be able to just kick on that. That's got to be a huge confidence boost as well, going into the, what is a big gap in racing before Tokyo. Yeah, massive. Um, I suppose like a lot of endurance athletes, whatever speed I go out at, I'm, pretty like I'm normally able to just maintain it so some people were like oh did you wear it a bit fast and I was like no 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 it was definitely definitely okay and um like I I didn't look back once in Lisbon so I I didn't actually realize that I had gotten you know a gap like that and I remember running along as well thinking oh everyone's going to be like she's doing a Schomburg on it because I'd watched the men's race the day before <laughs> And I was like, don't do a Schomburg. I'm really sorry, Schomburg, if you're listening. Um, he, I think I get the impression he loves that. You know, that's not yeah. the first and it won't be the last time. That they... <laughs> so, so, so that's what I could think of. And then I was like, actually, no, it wouldn't be so bad. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's incredibly motivating. I mean, leads the legs didn't feel 100%, but I was still able to get the job done. So that's great. And then I had a few disasters in the water in Leeds. My wetsuit split uh, and the boy three of the first lap so um, I was filling up with water, which was great. Ah. And uh, I kept thinking, oh, no. When and I in one of the fastest swims that there's been, 
Oh, when I went out then for the for the re-entry, I was like, please God, let the wetsuits down. So I lost a couple of positions on the second lap, but I was so worried about the wetsuit that I wasn't able to think about the swim. And I remember Casper Stornes in Hamburg just yeah. getting stuck. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be Casper. Oh God, all so. that's going through your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then when I got into transition in Leeds, I was just so thrilled that the wetsuit opened. I was like, yes. But then I totally, like, I didn't have my head on at all. I was trying to take off my timing chip, thinking, God, my leg is very tight. So, yeah, Leeds, there were a few disasters and still a top 10 finish, so I'll take it. Yeah, ahead of <laughs> ahead of your Katie's Zafiris' and non-Stanford's and so on. Another massive, like, rubber stamp in the confidence book. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And just, I mean, like, well, those girls now are... are you know, a different league, like they've been doing this a long time and like I definitely look up to both of them and huge respect, but I suppose it's just it just reaffirms that actually you're good enough, you're on the same level, you can do this. So yeah. And that was only your third series race? Yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean I remember interviewing you in Nozultan after the silver there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. yeah, you couldn't quite believe that you'd done it and you know that how how quickly that that had come about really you know you, yeah. you hadn't you hadn't been long out of full-time employment so no not that all. was a, a result like that my yeah it's a, it's a big it's a big commitment a big sacrifice and a big leap into the unknown to turn your turn your back on your job that sounds bad but you know to, no, to, to but, make yeah. that change yeah. uh so yeah Nozeltan must have been that first or one of the first moments where you felt fully justified yeah 100 percent. and i actually remember a few of my um pop-up teammates um particularly like chris winter and he's like fair play to you yeah you're definitely going to tokyo anyway <laughs> he's from right. cork so that's the type of accent he'd say that i was like thanks chris but yeah so just a lot of people i think it just it was great it was great kind of to show my coaches that look we can do this you know your hard work hasn't been you know like fruitless and I'm willing to to put myself out there and go for it like um a lot of the time I think because I don't have some of the experience of the other races like I'm just winging it and I'm just like just keep going hard until you can't go hard anymore and look it's working <laughs> so I'll keep doing it and yeah but you said the uh you wouldn't have minded the hill at the end of Leeds coming halfway through the run uh but I mean, Lisbon was a pretty flat course, right? Super and flat, yeah. I mean, super Leeds, flat. You wouldn't call Leeds flat, but yeah, I mean, there was it some kinds of stuff yeah. there. But right. So how you you know you did the Tokyo Test event in 2019, and that must be a brilliant opportunity to go through some things with your coach and and to oh, yeah. race to have a practice run like that. I can only imagine would will be hugely beneficial. How does that? How did that course? fit for you you know pancake flat again really and obviously incredibly yeah, hot yeah. swim um, and so on so so tokyo the test event was invaluable in that respect just getting to try some of the heat prep strategies and then see what worked and what didn't work now obviously in the morning the women's event was shortened from the 10k to the 5k mm -hmm. run so like any pressure that would have been on because before everyone would say oh carolyn she's only a good runner you know so there was no pressure then because it's only 5k but um like the heat, I love 
the heat. I absolutely love it. And for an Irish person who's extremely small and pale and white, I shouldn't love the heat. Like, I think the sun hits my skin and just reflects off. Like, I won't get sunburned. <laughs> Mosquitoes don't even eat me. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. So, um, yeah, I do well in the heat. And, um, like, diving into a diver bay and it's, you know, 31 and a half degrees. Like, people were, were sweating in the warm-up and giving out. So... You know, I'm there like, oh, I don't find this bad at all. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um, so, yeah, the, the, the heat suits me. Um, Maybe you're comparing it to the Irish Sea, right? You're just so happy that, oh, that it's not. stop. Yeah, I don't. I, I keep saying I don't, there's no point going into that Irish Sea now. It's only 11 degrees. You know, it's no good for Tokyo. Um, so, yeah. And then the bike course in, for the test event, I mean, it's super technical, super technical. Um, and I'd be quite happy with my bike handling skills and um, so technical courses. I guess being a smaller rider, you just have to be aware of your positioning. You know, coming out of dead turns, there's going to be people who are um, a bit bigger and able to drop more power. And hmm. um, so, like, small people would typically, you know, oh, hilly course suits you. Hmm. But actually, I don't mind the technical one. You just need to be a smart rider and play to your strengths. Um, and then the run course um, after the test event, um, you know, when you're climbing back in towards transition, you have that downhill section. So um, some people are incredibly good at running downhill. And I guess that would be something that you'd be foolish not to be practicing either because that's free time if you can maximize that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so going back, knowing the course, um, it's exciting. Um, and hopefully it is hot humid and it's a full olympic distance triathlon yeah well i think they're all they're all pretty much a given um <laughs> but yeah I, what isn't i suppose is what kind of race it will be you have it, it's the lineup is unlike any other the sort of the pressures are obviously unlike any other as well um what kind of athlete are you in the in the lead up to the to, to big races do you keep, keep kind of quite a level head um Oh, I'd say I'm like a headless chicken half the time. But um, no, I mean, like, it's just, it's another, it's another standard race. It's another international race. It's a day I get to wear, you know, an Irish flag on my chest and, you know, represent my country. So, you know, I think of all those things and I'm going to have my coach over there. Um, and he was there at the test event. He's been at all my races. So that's a constant. Um, and you know, that takes care of me worrying about anything. And his job is just to get me to the start line. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll just be approaching it. I mean, it's going to be super tactical. Uh, it's going to be very different. I mean, the races in the last five weeks have been, you know, countries competing against each other for spots. And like, it's been, it's been very different. And um, yeah, I'd say it'll be a very fast swim. It'll probably get split. And yeah, who knows what will happen. I mean, I'll just be approaching it like any other race. Um, I'll respect the course. Um, I'll respect that it's, you know, it's a, it's a one-day event. It's a winner-takes-all. Um, and I'll just be going out there hoping to give a great performance in green. You've not got any sort of uh, little superstitions that you'll be you'll be taking with you. It's not like you're, you didn't put your first cup medal in nozzle can down to the camel milk and have had to have it ever since or anything like that no 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 once there's plenty of dairy milk um do i have any superstitions um 
No. no. I mean, I I suppose everyone has their own little quirks and routines, and I'll definitely bring it, be bringing my own like homemade scones or brown bread and yeah. see see how long they last me at the training camp in Fukuroi and like my mum's jam, I'll bring that and yeah, a few home comforts, but no, nothing major. I don't have I don't have enough races done, I think, for superstitions. <laughs> Maybe not. I think I'd be worse for like exams or something, bringing in my prayer book or lighting a candle. Oh yeah, that's a very Irish thing. I'll get my mammy to light a candle. And, right, uh, pop it in the window facing east. Yeah, absolutely. Like, mum, I've nothing done. Don't worry, the candle is lit, you'll be grand. <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's out of all of our hands now. The candle is lit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as there's no wind or once she has, I better make sure she's plenty of matches at home, actually. Yeah, that might be something I'll take care of before I go away in July 14. <laughs> Handles of matches. Oh, Lord, imagine if she was just sort of kicking around the house, desperately opening every drawer, couldn't find anything oh. to light it with. It's okay. My brother's a fireman. He'd find something. He did. <laughs> whittle some rocks together or something yeah. and uh, yeah yeah uh so uh, yeah i mean it seems somewhat silly i suppose to to put it in that perspective even before the olympics but um an incredible journey to have got here and and you know that must just make you want to enjoy it all the more as well i mean i know you said you saw Ali and well both the Brownleys in London 2012 and that was a, a huge sort of kick start uh he's actually he's coming on the podcast next week so that's going to be exciting um awesome you and, can tell him I said a big hello yeah well it, and it's things like that 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 kind of um un what's the wordable that that yeah, he the, the impression that he has had on on the, those coming through. You that... don't realize how impressionable your performances can be on people. You know, like you don't know who you who you impact. And I guess, like for me, uh, being a female, um, being someone like you know, I'm I'm really fortunate that if all this gambling and risk taking went belly up, you know, I walk back into a great job as a doctor and you know, the College of Anesthesiologists here in Ireland and the Medical Council, like I thought they'd be, I suppose, quite tough and, you know, regimental. And they're like, Era, don't be worrying about it. Anyone can be a doctor. Go off there and go to the Olympics. <laughs> I'm kind of like, what? You know, so they're like, having that support makes it easier for me to focus on what I need to do. And that is like, you know, train and focus on being in the best shape possible in Tokyo. And I hope that, um, yeah, maybe I'll inspire a couple of, you know, female, you know, future Irish athletes and remind them that, like, you know, get your education and you can balance things a bit better. Because I feel sport, you know, it's always been like not so much male dominated, but a lot of the sports scholarships and that go to guys or you know, women, you know, you should be good academically and, you know, like look after yourself or, you know, get married, have kids, whereas, no, women are able to do it all as well. And some good young talent coming through in Ireland, right? Maeve Gallagher has been putting in some, some good shows and, and making her debut, right, at the World Cup level. Yeah, I mean, those guys, I suppose, they don't realise how lucky they are to be able to do it at such a young age and to have the opportunities and... I suppose all of them, 
um, the younger girls coming through, like they definitely approach it like that. This is, you know, a great opportunity and, you know, it's great to see that. Um, like I would have always looked up to Aileen and she'd be one of the first people to message me, well done, or good luck, or, you know, you know, give me some advice. Like she was, you know, top 10 in the world for so long and so consistent, you know, two-time Olympian and now she's based down in um, Australia, you know, two kids, her own little family. So, um, yeah, she, she would definitely have inspired me as well. And it's great to be able to follow in her very large footsteps. Not that she's big feet, but just what she's done before me. Keep digging, keep digging. <laughs> oh God, Aileen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, thanks ever so much for taking the time at the end of what has been obviously a very big day for you. Um, leave you to go and rustle through your bags of swag irish loot from the, uh, i know it could it be any more green <laughs> it's a good green it's a good it's green a good have you you know any any in the bag that were like particular hits or indeed misses some stuff that you're like i'm not going to be putting that on what are you crazy do you know i haven't gone through it i swear to god like i would have tried on a good bit of the kit for gav beforehand but obviously that was just to see like testing samples um, the Adidas footwear is quite nice, and I know the British athletes have all the Adidas kits. It's really comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then we got two little dolls, Derville and Dolly. They're our <laughs> Irish mascots, so the most Irish names ever. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll have a look through the bag now. I'm kind of like, do you have to bring all that stuff plus all the try gear? Yeah, yeah. Is there a are you sort of? Oh, are your hands tied you have to if, if you don't bring it all with you then someone's I know gonna... yeah I know and then I'm waiting on Specialized Ireland because obviously like the Olympic um, bikes I've no idea what colour the frames are going to be do you know ah no oh god no one should, knows. Just, no yeah so <laughs> I was going to ask Sandy I was like Sandy what colour is it but uh, yeah I have no clue so it's kind of a shame because I ride one of the green SL7s and it's lovely so I don't know. As long as it's not pink, I don't don't do pink. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no intel for you there at all. I'm afraid. No. Listen, thanks for doing this. Um, it was great. No, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks. And I'm sorry. I'm probably like just l lackluster after all the the chat, but um, I definitely enjoyed it, and I didn't bore you with too much uh, Irish. I didn't break out. Gurv Milama, good dog. Likewise, Carolyn. Likewise. Yeah. You, so to say goodbye, you can say slan. 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 So that's right. goodbye. All right. See awesome. you. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.